This is Daylight Magazine coming to you from Adventist World Radio Ghana, the voice of hope. Today's Daylight Magazine has segments designed with you in mind. Stay tuned and be blessed. Nuggets is captioned Temple of Justice. Temple of Justice. Deep within the human heart is a yearning to worship at the Temple of Justice. It's a longing for the day when truth will at last triumph 
when unresolved mysteries will be finally solved and when all wrongs will be fully made right. Carved in time, the temple of justice is when each of us shall give account of himself to God for every selfish act we've done, every wrong word we've spoken or written, every hasty judgment we've made, and every evil thoughts and motives we've cherished. This can be found in Romans chapter 14 verse 12. Also, for every unfulfilled duty, neglected warnings, unimproved opportunities, and misused talent, funds, time, and influence, we who sigh because of injustice must seek refuge in God's temple of justice. For on that day of judgment, none, and I repeat, none, shall escape the irrevocable verdict of the ultimate church. This is written by Dr. Samuel Corantin Pippim. And for more nuggets by Dr. Pippim, you can visit eaglesonline.org and then click on Weekly Thoughts Nuggets. I am your presenter, Margaret Aperbrese, and thank you for listening. Be true, be true. That is my word for you this moment. Be true. Turn with me once again to the Bible, Second Chronicles chapter seven verse fourteen. Second Chronicles chapter seven verse fourteen. It reads, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven." And will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I read it again. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen. It reads, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Dear friend, the power of prayer does not lie in its frequency or length, but in its honesty and humility. Humble yourself before the Lord, and surely He will indeed lift you up. Be true, be true. God bless you. I am Bell Dollabiel. listener, brace yourself as we bring to you a continuation of the discussion, Wills. Welcome back to your show, Radio Lawyer. We are joined by a resource person. Welcome, Mr. Ansa. Thank you, Nat. Now, let's also look at the situation where the person dies with just 
a house, no spouse, no child. Well, if the person dies and at the time of the death he had personally acquired a house mm. and he didn't have a, a spouse or a child, the devolution provided under the law 50% mm. to a surviving parent or okay. parents, if any, and 50% to the customary family, usually okay. the customary successor. Maybe let me briefly walk us through okay. some of the scenarios. The scenarios, yes. Uh, it's, um, the law gives a lot of fractions okay. on roughly how things should be Done. shared. Okay. And um, that is actually one of the difficulties with the current provisions of the intensive succession mm. law. So if a person died and at the time of the death he had a spouse or spouses or a child or children then the law says that as we've already discussed the household chattels go to the nuclear family, family yeah. again if the man had only one dwelling house yes that also goes to the nuclear family so with, that's a situation where he dies with spouse and a child or children yes okay either only a spouse mm-hmm. Or only a child, a child. or children, okay. or both spouse and, and children. And child child. Or, yes, yeah. in that uh, case, then the nuclear family comprising the spouse and the child or children mm. automatically inherit household chattels and that one house, mm. irrespective of the size, used as a dwelling house by the deceased. If the in, the person who has died intestate under the circumstances we have just described, survived by spouse and a child or children, had several houses. Then, besides the household chattels, the nuclear family has right under the law to choose one of the houses first out of the estate as a provision for their uh, dwelling Mm. home or accommodation. It is the remainder which will now be shared in the following fractions. fractions yes. Okay. Whatever remains outside of the uh, household chattels and the one house selected by the the nuclear family, mm-hmm. the remainder will be shared in the following uh, proportions. Three sixteenths. <laughs> Three sixteenths of the estate goes to the surviving spouse. Okay. Nine sixteenth. Okay, so three sixteenth. It means that if you divided the remainder of the estate into sixteen equal equal parts, parts, okay, the surviving spouse has a share of three. In addition to the dwelling house, yes, that one is already taken out. Taken out. So what remains, if it is apportioned into sixteen equal pieces, yes, the surviving spouse gets three. Out of the 16. Out of the 16. Mm-hmm. And the surviving child or children mm-hmm. gets 9 out of the 16. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 12 is gone. 12 is gone. Okay. Then the a surviving parent or parents get, let's say, 1 8, which is also the same as 2 over 16. 16. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the customary family also gets 1 8. Mm-hmm. So roughly... Two-thirds, under the scenario we have described where there was a surviving spouse and child or children, two-thirds or 12-16 will go to the surviving spouse and the child or children, and then one quarter will go to the 
surviving parents and the customary uh, family. Okay. That that is one scenario. Scenario, yes. If the person died survived by spouse only. Okay. No then, children. No children. Then besides the household chattels and the one house already given, given. the remainder will be shared in the following proportions. Half goes to the surviving spouse. Okay. One quarter to the surviving parent or parents and then one quarter to the customary family. Okay. And then uh, if the person was survived by child or children only and no spouse, no spouse yeah. three quarters to the surviving spouse, one eighth to the surviving parent, one eighth to the customary family. Okay. And then if the person was survived by parents, mm-hmm. no spouse, no, spouse, no, no child. child, but parents, then three quarters to the surviving parent, one quarter to the customary family. So these are some of the key scenarios one can... Um, and of course, if a person died without a spouse, mm-hmm. without a child, without surviving parents then 100% will go to the customary customary, uh, family. But you would notice that the law here attempts to adjust rights Mm. based on the modern thinking as to the prominence. The prominence now assumed by the nuclear family. The law seems to think that children, Mm -hmm. irrespective of their age Mm. and position in life, must occupy very central uh, position in the devolution of a state. So you will notice that prominence is given uh, to children over surviving spouse. spouse yeah. uh-huh. And increasingly, the customary family is relegated to the background. Gradually. If you are looking at it in accordance of importance, the law seems to rank children first, mm. followed by surviving spouse, spouse parents, parents, and then, and then the, the larger the family. customary family, clan, or whichever. And okay. usually it is the customary successor we are talking about here. Okay. We'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll look at a very interesting situation where people who once lived as husband and wife no longer live as husband and wife. You just listened to a discussion on the topic whales. A continuation will be brought to you later. For any inquiries or contribution, you can contact us on plus two three three. Two four four six seven three five two eight or zero two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF five nine five Adenta Greater Accra Region Ghana.
Pastor Ebenezer Quay, and we are looking at the series Hope in the Den. Let us pray. Our gracious Lord, as we continue with this presentation, hear us and speak into our lives. Touch every chord of my list. Help him out of the hopeless situation because there can be hope even in the den. Turn his or her life around today and let him or her become a blessing. For I trust you that you are well able to do it. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. We have been looking at the man Daniel, who was so excellent that his people, his peers in Medopesha, couldn't find any fault or error in his life. And we said he believed in God, he belonged to God's people, and he behaved as such. Friends, in Daniel chapter 2, the Bible records that King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, which was interpreted by Daniel. In this dream, he saw an image which has a head of gold, chest and arms of silver, waists and thighs of bronze, legs of iron, and toes of clay mixed with iron. The interpretation was that King Nebuchadnezzar was the head of gold, and his kingdom Babylon was the head of gold, the chest of silver was the kingdom that was to follow. That is Medopesia. The bronze was Greece. The leg was Rome. And the ten feet were the ten kingdoms that came out as a result of the fall of pagan Rome. Friends, in Daniel 7, he also had a dream which parallels this image of Daniel chapter 2. In Daniel chapter 7 verse 1, the Bible says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream telling the main facts. Friends, there is an important lesson to learn from this very verse. Sometimes God gives us dreams. He gives us visions about what will happen in our lives. Do you write it down? All the things God is challenging you to do, you need to write them down. And when you do this, I am sure he is going to bring them to come to pass. In Daniel chapter 7 verse 2 and 3, the Bible continues to say, The four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. In Bible prophecy, the wind represents strife or war. The sea or water from which the animals came represent population, a densely populated area. And so all these animals in Daniel chapter 7 that he saw in his dream represent superpowers, powers that are to come. And these powers rose out of the sea because they came out of densely populated areas. In Daniel chapter 7 verse 4, the first of these beasts was like a lion and had eagle's wings. He said, I watched till its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man and a man's heart was given to it. And therefore the first beast that he saw was a lion with wings. This looks 
very, very terrible. In Daniel chapter 7 verse 5, the Bible says, And suddenly another beast, a second, a second, like a bear, it was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. And therefore the second beast was another beast like a bear with three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. The verse 7 says, After this I looked, and there was another, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. The third beast, according to this text, was another, like a leopard, with four wings and four heads. Then verse 7, very important to listen to it keenly. Verse 7 says, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. A fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong, with huge iron teeth. Friends, this beast was so terrible that Daniel could not even describe it. Then as we move on, in verse 8, the Bible says, I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there, in this horn, were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. This dream was quite terrible, very, very terrible. That next power was the little horn with human features. The little horn with human features speaking pompous words. In Daniel chapter 7 verse 9 and 10, he said, I watched till thrones were put in place, and the ancient of days was seated. His garments was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fire stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were open. There are books in heaven in which there are records. We have the book of life. We have the book of iniquity. We have the book of remembrance. Whatever we do on earth here is recorded up there. And therefore this last verse which we have read, Daniel chapter 7 verse 9 and 10, represents a judgment scene. A judgment is going on right now. And friend, I encourage you to continue listening to this presentation. Daniel's vision looks down the ages until the returning of Jesus, when God's children shall be taken to enjoy eternity with him. In the next presentation, we shall be looking at what each of these beasts mean and how we can prepare to stand for the Lord even in these end times. May God bless you as you continue to listen to Moment of Truth. I'm your pastor, Ebenezer Kwe. God bless you. Amen.
Thank you very much for staying with us. Once again, you can reach us on plus two three three two four four six seven three five two eight or zero two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu dot edu dot gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF five nine five Adenta Greater Accra Region Ghana. We will expect your feedback. I believe today's magazine has been a blessing. May the good Lord's hand be in your life. Amen. Remember to tune in same time tomorrow. Bye for now. <laughs>